The opinions and views expressed in this video are purely for entertainment purposes and not for investment advice. I'm not going to get through this without laughing. Hello, YouTubers. <laughs> Welcome back again. Only we know what that means. But, um, so Brandon's back finally. We were all busy. You know, we haven't been around, but uh, we're going we're gonna to get straight into it. Um, me and Kaylin, we were talking earlier today about, uh, about what to present today. And you're going to present your Amazon trade, was it? Yeah, it's not really like a trade. It's kind of like a long-term investment. I just want to, I just want to touch on kind of like why, why I picked my entries and stuff. Yeah. So like, you want to touch on your XPeng? Yeah. Part? Yeah. So I'm just gonna, yeah. So I'm going to touch on XPeng first and then uh, we'll get Brennan and then we'll just show yours and we'll get Brennan to talk about the Fed meeting. Cause that one was kind of interesting too. It affected the whole market. Uh, but Chem, if you could pull up my screen, let me see if I can get XPeng on the screen here. There we go. This is on the weekly. And like uh, we're, we're just saying earlier, because XPeng was like my second largest holding and I've been underwater for most of the year. Like, because you could see like this was November 20th when it peaked and it went all the way down to March 22nd. Um, so what was that? That was like a huge, it was like 60, 70% drop, 65% drop from the peak. Right. So what my original trade was, um, I, I bought this bounce because it was a Fibonacci level, it was a 618 retracement and I sold here. And I reloaded here thinking thinking that it's going to be a good time to size in it. Just fucker just kept going down. Um, I think my average buy price at the time was like $47 US, something like that. And it just kept dropping all the way down to $24 US. And even like even most recent as May, it, it bought him like 22 bucks. Um, but I just wanted to show this because what I did was even though it went lower, I just I do what I always do with my, my investments. I look at the fundamentals and the company was still doing crazy year over year sales and their balance sheet. Like Brandon, you looked at their balance sheet. You said they were pretty solid, especially compared to Neo, right? Yeah, so I recall, I think I was looking through uh, free cash flow yields and I think it was um, more reasonably priced than some of the other um, uh, Chinese uh, EV companies. Yeah, and I think their debt to equity was pretty good too. Like their they're, 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 like financials are okay. So I was like, okay, well this sell off is just all hype and whatnot. So this whole movement here this whole movement, I was basically um, dollar cost averaging. And I think what I ended up was, uh, let me just see here. I ended up with $35 average cost uh, US. So I started at 47, somewhere around here. And I, and, and I ended up uh, buying the dip around here and I ended up with uh, $45. So then now that's uh, $35 and now it's on the way it's up, I'm gonna start to sell because I've accumulated quite a bit and I wanted to get some, um, get some free cash flow. But I wanted to point out something interesting, Kayla. You might hate me for it. During this period, during this period here, in its twenties, even I was freaking out because I thought it was going to do a double bottom, and it went down like another what twelve percent. So during this twelve percent period, I was like, I had like some money on the side as always. But then I'm like, do I really want to throw money, more money at this? Because I've been dollar cost averaging for like almost three months, right? And so what I ended up doing was I bought some uh, out of the money calls. <laughs> I threw out like, but but look, like I, I threw out like fifty cent, like a couple of fifty cent orders, right? So there's like low ball. I'm like, you know what? I want to participate on the upside if this thing turns it around, but I don't want to throw much money at this thing. So my risk was like two hundred dollars USD. My upside potentially unlimited, right? Right. And so I caught that dip. I ended up getting a couple of January calls and a couple of um, and this uh, was it October twenty twenty one call, and I, this actually sold the other day. It hit my sell order. So. I bought it for 50 cents. I sold it for like a buck, 155. So a buck 67 was my sell. 
So I got back like maybe what was that like 80, 75% of my principal. And so now these calls here, they're still in the money. It's about 500 USD. I'm just going to let them run because they don't expire till January. So I may get unload them, you know, in the fall or something like that. So this was something new that I was trying. I'm like, so, you know, to try to answer the question of do I, I still have belief in this company, but something's just not right with the market. I want to participate on the upside, but I want to really limit my, my risk. And I thought this was like a nice compromise to go with the, uh, the stock options, the calls. I think, I think the reason it probably came down that hard as well is because like, you know, we're in such a big retail environment right now. Like you get a spike like that. You look at that on any stock when you have a big run like that right now, you just get so many people that are chasing the thing up. Right. So as soon as it starts to come down, you're just going to have more selling pressure than you usually would. Yeah. And I think this is what freaked people out too. Like, when it broke that line, I mean, I think people were expecting a bounce here, but then when it broke that line, it would just drop like. Yeah, that's actually, that's one of my favorite, like kind of short term long setups. So actually if you get a big spike like that. And then when you get like, you get kind of like that big, that big waterfall and you get a smaller bounce, it goes to a new low, but it comes back really quick. That's a great setup to go long, like especially on the shorter time frames because that you know, in the I don't know how if it has the same principle here, but on the shorter time frames, that that traps shorts because they think you're breaking that double bottom. Everybody shorts it, and then as soon as it recovers, you get all the guys that are covering into that. Everybody goes long, and that's that could be why you had like because if you go to the daily chart, I think it was just like straight green for a couple of weeks every single day. Yeah, yep. like, look at that. like those those like that that pattern right there is like death to shorts because there's no death. What kind of um momentum oscillator are you using are you using relative strength are you using yeah my bread and butter is just rsi and um i don't look at moving averages just chart patterns and rsi so I have a williams oscillator um on my screen here and this uh it's absolutely breathtaking on the weekly chart we're at um all-time highs of momentum which is funny because we're in the near all-time high price yeah That's uh, bullish divergence right there. So this actually looks pretty good. I like the increasing bull volume as well. Yep. Um, and it's funny because I would have thought that like $41 would have been a natural point of resistance, but we just blew past that last week. We tested that like $39 level and rejected it. So yeah, this thing, uh, this thing looks good. Yeah. You, you, it had some trouble here at, uh, breaking 41 and had that one hiccup, but then it just kept going. Still made lower, it still made higher lows and higher highs. So then, you know, it's a hiccup, but it made it. Yeah, so just I think a lot of this has to do, guys, with what we've been talking about for such a long time on this podcast. Is we're experiencing a changing of the guard, or we're seeing a rotation from value to growth. Value was the market darling for the first half of 2021. I think the second half of 2021 will be defined by growth stocks and growth stocks resuming leadership so i yeah. think like this though i don't know it very well and i definitely need to do some more research uh, i want to be in more high growth names especially to see if bond yields tick down like the um the 10-year yield closed at about um, 144 that's going to be very for those stocks. and caitlin so you said you want to say something about the chart earlier yeah, I was just saying, it's crazy, like, how many resistance lines it just kind of, like, walked through with no problem. <laughs> yeah, you know what I feel like happened? Because this was the original um, rally that everybody thought was going to happen. And I think there was a huge sell-off here, and I can't remember what caused it, March 21st. I think that was a bond thing also. But what I think happened was this chewed up all the um, extra demand, uh, extra supply. 
So this chewed up extra supply, and then this was just fear selling. And then by the time we got to this point, there's just no, no more sell pressure. Like all the sell pressure that seems to, that should have been in this area was taken care of by this original rally. Yeah, like it's just really steady in both directions. It's kind of funky. Yeah, and, and, I, and the media has a lot to do with it because during this period has been nonstop like glowing news. I don't know who they're paying off because it's just been pure glowing news about them. It's like, like you know, they're increasing sales quarter over quarter. They beat, uh, oh, one big thing though, they finally beat NEO in terms of growth. Um, they, or sales actually, they, so for the month of May, they sold more units than NEO. And, and so like, this has always been my, my premise about these guys over Neil. First of all, I don't like Neil's charging idea with the, with the, with the battery swap, but aside from that, almost twice the market cap of uh, X-Bank and yet they're only about maybe 20% more in sales. And so like, where's the value, right? Yeah. X-Bank is much better uh, financially because they have, they're holding a lot less debt and if they're and I think Brandon, you looked at this before when you look at the charts. There, Xpand was increasing sales at a faster rate than Neo was. So Xpand year twenty twenty one is uh, growing revenue one hundred and forty six percent, eighty seven percent next year, and in twenty twenty three fifty four percent. They're still going to be making losses for the next. It looks like four years if I trust these estimates. Yeah. Uh, but you're right, very very little debt. Um, maybe only like you know less than like 10 percent of the market cap yeah so i mean so i mean so as you know people, people who are one of you value investors like there's value in real stocks too it just depends on how you define value right and so what you were saying earlier if you're right like if if i mean we all believe that uh, the rotation into value is stupid and that growth is going to be the big winner at the end of the year this is one of those this is one of those picks well, what I've noticed about this secular bull market, this bull run that we've had over the last, let's say, 12 years, is that we do have these little spurts where value does outperform growth, but it only lasts about seven to nine months in my estimation. It's like a counter trend rally. Um, and we saw that happen last year when the NASDAQ had like a three to four months consolidation. We're having the same thing now. Had it in 2016, um, had it again, I want to say in like uh, 2011. So these, um, um, these cycles do happen, but um, the longer periods of growth is for growth stocks and um, uh, the counter trend is for value. Yeah, that makes so sense. When you do get these consolidations for growth, you take your money, and you buy your favorite stock, your favorite growth stocks on weakness. That's all we can make plan. So speaking of that, uh, let me see if I can pull it up. Kaylin, you got into a long position with Amazon, right? Yeah, I did. So so pull up the NVIDIA chart first real quick, if you don't mind. Just on, like, yeah. just on the daily. Never mind pulling up NVIDIA. <laughs> <laughs> this is our call. Yeah. So, yeah. So zoom right out on that a little bit, just so you can see a bit more. Or zoom right in. <laughs> oh yeah, like the daily. Yeah, yeah. Zoom out so I can see. Yeah. Are you on the daily? Yeah, that is a daily. That's that massive shooting yeah. uh, star uh, wick yeah. from Friday. Yeah, so just zoom like way out so you can see like. Oh, two zoom out. Sorry, I don't. I don't <laughs> my, <laughs> zoom out, you zoomed right into like one bar. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So like 
like I like I, I'm bought, like I bought this one for a long term investment, right? So like I, I kind of loaded up like around the low 500s, and now obviously we just had a pretty solid run, like straight up to 700. So if you go out, like uh, maybe if you go to the weekly or something like that, I just want to show like kind of the overall um, trend on this thing, just to get a better idea, just kind of the way it relates to Amazon. So yeah, so you can see there, like see how we kind of had that big run up like all last year. And now we've kind of just gone like straight sideways and then we get this big push up again. Right. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like that old sort of stair stepping pattern that, you know, we see in some of these stocks. So with that said, if you want to pop over to Amazon, um, cause I've kind of been like, I've been waiting to get into Amazon for a while cause I just want to own it, mm. but I'm just kind of, I was kind of looking at like a decent spot to get into it. So if you look at that chart and like, again, if you kind of zoom out even further, you know, we're kind of in a similar sort of thing. Like, you know, we, we went, kind of we went up and then it kind of goes like it just sort of starting to go across in that stair stepping pattern yeah you can see it there um again sort of through yeah through that point there and then you get like these nice big runs up and then we had another thing you know just in this past year we've kind of consolidated for a while and now like with the way it's looking here i'm expecting basically just like a nice clean run straight up so you know, I, I, I jumped in, I think it was around 30, 3,300 bucks a share. And I think we're, what are we now? Like 35 or 36 or something like that. 34. Where are we at now? 3486. Yeah. 34. Yeah. So I got in at 33. Well, if you measure the point of uh, consolidation and you measure the last breakout out and then you take that and add it to the consolidation right now, which we want to do in technical analysis, that would take Amazon on price to about forty five hundred. Yeah, and I agree with you. Amazon gains are often very. Important. You'll have a period of like a year and a half where the share price just does nothing, and then we'll take it on high volume and run for six months, a year, a year and a half. We don't know how long, uh, but there's never been a long time. Yeah, that was kind of my theory. I just like. Like I, like I said, I mean, I always wanted to own it and I was just kind of looking at the two of them. I already got in the NVIDIA and then I was kind of looking back and forth. I was looking at Amazon, looking at Apple, just kind of like building my portfolio. But I just, I looked at Amazon, I just saw that correlation and it looks like, it looked like it's right around where NVIDIA was like about a month ago where before it started that big run. So I figured, you know, now is probably a, as good a time as any to get in. And that's kind of what I'm expecting is it to go, at least go up over 4,000 bucks a share. So like I said, you know, it's a long-term investment for me. It's just, that was, that was my thought process in getting into it. It's not, it's not a swing trade. Like it's something I'll hold for a long time. So yeah, it's a long-term hold. You'll never have to sell Amazon. Um, and the same thing is going to happen with Apple too. It's forming that same consolidation pattern. It's been yeah. consolidating since they announced the new iPhone in like September. Um, and it's just biding its time before that big break. And these things are super cyclical. Like we had a breakout on my video about a few weeks ago we had the breakout on facebook about a month ago a breakout on alphabet before that we have amazon coming up apple's going to be next so it's just like it's yeah. just waiting but but these fang stocks um you want to stay along these fang stocks it doesn't matter which ones you're in some of them are going to be uh leading back at different times but you want to be all of them and the way that i look at fang replace the end it uh in fang take out netflix and put nvidia in it has double the market cap and it truly is one of the market yeah yeah like all these charts like you said apple amazon nvidia they're all 
like they all look the same, like they almost look identical. And you look at NVIDIA, that huge run it's having right now, Amazon and Apple are just right behind that. So I've just been loading into both of those right now, just, just to build my portfolio. So I'm expecting to kind of, you know, get it, get that nice, really big push up, just get ahead of it and then just kind of sit on it. What did you superimpose on NVIDIA? I'm sorry? What did you superimpose on Amazon or NVIDIA? I think this is I superimposed Amazon. So looks like Am looks like Amazon's had a harder harder road up where Apple's more consistent. They're almost inverted, almost. Well, one just looks like it has a greater slope. They're both going up, in, you know, parallel channels, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're both kind of in that similar sort of pattern that we're in right now. You know what? The, the charts really tell a story. If you look at uh, Apple, they're kind of over during this like arc, arc, and it looks like they're starting to lose momentum. And it started, I think, Steve was gone, right? And Tim Cook's beautiful management has kept them going. Whereas Amazon, you can see an exponential growth, growth adoption and acceptance. Well, I don't know if I look at it that way. Apple has almost like a what two and a half trillion dollar market cap. Like it takes so much more to move a company that has a two and a half billion uh, billion dollar market cap than a company like Amazon, whatever it was back then. You know? Yeah. 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 Well, Amazon looks like they don't really have these games to give you, you know, ten times return in a year, right? It's just not gonna happen. But something like Nvidia that's trading at like you know four hundred billion dollar market cap, I see room for a ton of upside, considering the amount of end markets that they're in. Um, I'm just curious what Nvidia looks like compared to Apple. There seems to be like the standard. The slope is going to be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, what was the hot word three months ago? Bubble. <laughs> Speaking of bubble, I got I got to bring this up. Before you say that, I will say there is no bubble in Nvidia here, man. If anything, is one of the most underpriced stocks that I've ever seen. The amount of markets that this company in is just phenomenal. They're leading the way with self-driving cars. They own the GPU, the gaming market. They um, control VR. They control AI for healthcare. Like the company, especially if they end up taking over ARM, which is a story that we can get into later on if you guys want. It's not only establishing itself as like a tech leader, as a total like world juggernaut in multiple different industries. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. I love it. I think Nvidia is just a trillion dollar cap that's waiting to happen. It's still just a beginning. There's no stock in the whole realm that excites me. Forty-eight thousand percent since 2015. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Does that even make sense? I no. There's no way. From the lows. Oh, you know what? I missed the low. Let's say where's where's 2015? No 2015 was, it was 30 bucks in 2015. So you, you can't even say that. It says 11 cents. Did they split? No, you're 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 looking they, at they've done one split. I can't remember what it was though. No, they have not done a split since a very, very long time. They have not done yeah. a split. I know they, they've only done this one in the whole company. It was $30 in 2015. Yeah, it says 28.91 from where I'm starting. Uh, maybe the chart's funky. It says what? 
2891 from where I'm starting. So you're right, but I don't know why the percentage is functional. Yeah, there's there's no way. I mean, a great performer. I wish it was 40,000 percent because I've been video since then. All right, let's do this the proper way. and check it out. The low of 2015. Here we go. 60, 6,600%-ish. Oh, it's not too bad. <laughs> not too bad at all. In what, the five years, six years since? Like, like that's, that's... I don't know. It's just the people who trade, like, the SPACs and the meme stocks, like, this is what quality could do. Like, fuck. Okay, so on the meme stocks, I just got I just got to read this this post I saw. So it says Michael Burry warns retail traders about in quotes the mother of all crashes. He says he's warning retail investors for losses the size of countries that are on the horizon if crypto and meme stocks decline. What are you guys thoughts on that? I think he's an idiot, Brandon. <laughs> well, yeah, but <laughs> well, I just don't understand what the purpose of him putting out this uh, tweet or this article out because he's trying to scare retail investors out of stock i'm trying to ignore you know the number one um way to increase your wealth and in investing like yeah you know long time right um maybe he has billions of dollars to afford to switch his opinion every day whether the short Tesla or going to Bitcoin or something speculative. But at the end of the day, when you're talking about your average investor, they don't have a lot of things with a guy like Michael Curry. Yeah. You know what I think is I think he's like for retail investors, I think he's like this like he's like the guy. I don't know why. Like because he's got the movie The Big Short. I thought Elon and... Musk was the guy. Sorry? I thought Elon Musk was the guy or like that other guy, Mark. No, I feel, I feel like because of that movie, man, The Big Short. I see so many people talking about that. That are all these like new retail investors. They're just obsessed with this movie. So I feel like everybody thinks he's like the gospel when it comes to like these big monster crashes and these big shorts. Because he had, you know, he had two thousand eighty. He had the he had the one bet, right? Well, nobody's gospel. No one has a crystal ball. No one can predict no. the future. Not even the Fed. Not even Jerome Powell. Like we're all just taking this. As it goes and we're using our best judgment and we're doing our research but to say that something's gonna happen i mean i think that's so unfounded giving uh inflation is still low by all my metrics the economy is improving earnings are going up we have really like sound financial regulations like this from like 2006 2008 mm. um and we've been consolidating you know, six things on NASDAQ. Meanwhile, earnings went up, prices went down, or the PE range went lower. This market looks fantastic. There's no reason not to invest in the market. What else are you going to invest in? I don't know if you need anything. Gold, you guys saw gold on Thursday. Like, where else are you going to put your money besides stock? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think he's just talking about like just all the hype that's all around this stuff now because like you know we've talked about it a million times how easy it is to invest and you know anybody who's new who's got a thousand bucks they just want to throw it all into the next big you know ten thousand percent gainer and win the lottery and all this stuff and like you know I like I'm talking to a couple of my other buddies about this too it's just like it's one of those things where I think you're gonna have like like David that video you sent me what, what was the guy in that interview you sent me over WhatsApp the other day. 
so which video was this? Sorry. The one uh, it was like a half hour video interview. The guy that like he traded through the dot com bubble, like all that kind of stuff. But he like anyways. He, so he's talking about um, I guess in the dot com bubble, like Japan was apparently like a huge, huge proponent of that, as from what he was saying. And he basically said that like that whole retail aspect still hasn't fully gotten back into the markets after like 20 years. So oh, I think the, that, the Stan Druckenmiller video. Yeah, 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 that was it. Yeah, so that's what you're talking about. So that, that's kind of what I'm thinking here is you're going to have like this massive generation of people who I think you got like you're going to have like, well, probably like three scenarios the way I see it. You're going to have people who make a ton of money like in their first year trading, like tons and tons of money. And then those people are going to take it out. They're going to, you know, put it into real companies. They're going to count it as a win, buy real estate, whatever they're going to do, and they'll be fine. And then you're going to have this other group of people who are just going to ride stuff up and then ride it back down. They're going to lose all their money. It's going to be emotionally destroying. So and they're, not they're going from hype bubble to hype bubble. They're going yeah. they're playing cannabis. They're playing emerging markets. They're playing like weird fucking commodities. They're yeah. going to crypto. They're going to crypto again. NFTs, babies. Like, so you're going to have, so you're going to have those people and they're just going to ride stuff up and then back down to zero. So you're going to, you know, look at your account and say, oh, I'm up a hundred thousand dollars. And then you're going to ride it all the way back down. You're going to end up taking a loss or something. And that's just going to screw with you mentally. You'll never be able to look at a trade the same way again. And then you're going to have the other people who ride stuff up, sell it, make a whole crap ton of money. And then they're just going to, you know, just throw it all into the next big thing, throw it all into the next big thing. And then they're going to end up losing everything and you, you they'll just never be able to come back from that. So I, I think there's going to be, there's going to be one scenario where you have like a pretty small group of intelligent people who count it as a win, take the money and run, put it into something good. And then you're going to have like probably 95% of the rest of them that are just going to be absolutely traumatized by the markets. And you're going to have this huge generation of people who are just going to think that the, the markets are gambling and, you know, it's scary and you can lose all your money and, you, you know, and you're going to have this giant cluster of people who are just going to just hate the markets and not want anything to do with it. And, you know, I think that's that's what uh, that video, David, you sent me. That was kind of what he was saying about the dot com bubble in the 90s. I guess Japan was the biggest uh, retail traders back then. And he says that 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 market in Japan, that retail market still isn't even close to how big it was back then because they were all just so like traumatized by those losses and by those, you know, those wins and like just that fluctuation. They well, were I think we should definitely pop up the Nikkei in the 80s. But before we do that. I just want to ask you guys, what about the group of people that just invest in quality stocks in indices, just have a very like even keel approach? They just invest in quality companies, they pay cost average, they slowly see their portfolios go up about ten percent a year with dividends and see the compound like well, maybe in the first ten years it doubled, but in the next like you know four years again and then like it's just it just yeah but that's that's perfect right that's what i mean like you're gonna have that's that's gonna be that really small group of people that do make a lot well, of money generation, it's gonna be super small because people these days they all know instant gratification yeah. they want to feel that sugar high where they you know they're day trading and they're making all this money and they have like delusions of grandeur and they have crazy dreams of like buying a Lambo or whatever, you know, everyone's thinking of these kids. 
Yeah. Uh, I have a really sound investment approach and that don't let their investments and their emotions rather get the best of them. It's a rarity. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing, right? But you, you, I mean, you have so many new people. I think, you know, like David, you and I, I don't know about you, Brandon, I don't know if you've ever actually like, like traded short term or not before, but like, I mean, I know when I first got into the markets, I was I was kind of of the same mentality. I was like, oh, you know, I'm just going to make a whole ton of money. This is going to be great. Like, you know, all these low float stocks are moving like crazy. And then, you know, I, I've always been smart with my money, though. Like I, I like I've never like when I first started trading, I never I think the biggest loss I had was like two hundred and eighty dollars. So like I never bet huge because I knew I didn't know what I was doing still. But I still was like, oh, okay, I could like I could make a thousand dollars every day if I do this. Like I'll be doing that no problem. Like, you know, next week kind of thing. So like I, a lot of people have that delusion, but like there's those people who just empty their savings and take out a mortgage and just bet so big on these stocks. And though like I think you know more people are like that than are like me from what I see on the internet, anyways. Which is that's that's going to be the problem right there. Absolutely. All right, guys, uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, it's been a rough day with technical difficulties, but uh, hopefully you still got something out of this video and uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in. Remember to subscribe, like our videos, give us some comments and uh, see you later.